Are you recording now? Recording. <laughs> this is gonna sound weird. Things are about to get weird. Just get to the murder. It's St. Patrick's Day. We don't really care. It's not even a major holiday. <laughs> it's not even a major holiday. Many of y'all ever seen that TikTok? It's pretty good. If not, we'll post it. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, I've I've never seen the real TikTok. I've only ever heard the sound. Well, I saw the real one today. Uh, it was kind of sad. She was so happy. And then when her friends started shitting on her, she got real sad. But yeah, I didn't. It's like when your friends are like joking around with you, you know, and they take it a little too far and you're like, well, <laughs> now I just, now I just have hurt feelings. Well, I did absolutely nothing for St. Patrick's Day. Uh, we have a little a pause from school. Can't call it a break. It's a pause, a two day pause. So uh, I slept in until like 12 today. Uh, and that's about it. Well, you, you know how I knew you weren't at school? Because you kept posting shit on TikTok today. And I was like, this is a woman who is sitting at home alone. You're right. And trying to avoid homework. Uh, I also, not only did I post TikToks, I watched A Thousand Pound Sisters. Uh, Amy just had her baby. Spoilers. Life spoilers. But, you know, if you keep up with them at all on the social medias, you already know this. Yeah. Uh, I have not really gotten into Thousand Pound Sisters. I've seen them a lot on TikTok. Now, what I have gotten into is Jeannie and Jenny and Georgia from Netflix. I feel like the demographic that they're going for definitely teenagers, but this is wild. I should watch it. I saw. I ain't gonna give it away. There, there, there's murder. There's a mother daughter relationship. There's sex. What else do you need? I saw that somebody had been watching it on my Netflix. And I didn't know who, but I guess it's you. Is it like a reality show or a scripted show? It is a scripted show. Okay. So it's a Netflix original. Uh, I did watch it on your Netflix account, and I watched it at your house. So. Oh. <laughs> wow. While I was watching your do- while I was watching your dog. So triple jeopardy. Wow. Thank you for that. But yeah, I have to watch it when I get some time. I still want to watch Bridgerton. Haven't made it around to it yet. I could watch Bridgerton or I could just rewatch Pride and Prejudice for the 10th time. So we already know what I'm going to do. You should watch Downton Abbey. It's good. I might, but I don't know if I'm emotionally, mm-hmm. you know, stable enough to be watching them go through World War One and 2. Yeah, you probably are. I cried in a majority of the episodes. Uh, my roommate, sophomore year, probably thought I was crazy. It's just good writing. It's a good show. And, and everybody loves it. Your mama loves it. You know, you can love it. Your your kid could probably love it. Yeah, I don't know about the kids. But maybe your husband probably won't love mate, it. <laughs> mate. No, probably not. Well, maybe. I feel like dads love to talk about World War Two. That's true. That's true. It's a lot of drama, so, you know, everybody likes drama. Not me. No, I'm just kidding. If I hear anyone at work, like, if I see, like, a huddle of people, I immediately am like, I need to be there. I need to get right in the middle of that. I need to know what the fuck they are talking about. And a lot of shit popped off at work this week. Um, 
two people turned in their resignations. Oh, they're go- it's not like anything. It's nothing scandalous, you know. Like it's just like they got other jobs. One guy's retiring. He's gonna be hanging out with his family. You know, it's just all good news. But my boss was like, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> You know, we got two people quitting on the same day. What the hell is going on? Yikes. Yeah. So I was like, y'all's timing is ass. For real. Yeah, we've been having some law school drama. We got these elections or some shit. I don't even know. But I just be hanging out. But right now, you know, we got a break. Excuse me, a pause. So I don't have to worry about none of it. It's on pause. On pause. Now, do you... You think, uh, probably because, you know, you're going to law school, I imagine that the elections, probably very dirty. You know, politics. Lawyers already lie. Politicians lie. Double whammy. It is pretty dirty, actually. And I, it is cracking me up because they are just so invested in this. I'm like, y'all. I was like, you know what you really need to get invested in? Reading your constitutional law homework. How about that? Maybe you can answer, you know, a damn question in class when you get called on. But you know what? That is neither here nor there. (laughs) Well, you want to know what is here and there? This podcast that we are the host of, the podcast is called, this is going to sound weird. Every week we talk about all things true crime, paranormal, and everything in between, you know, and in between can be, you know, shit like, you know, rigged elections and uh, TikToks. Yup, yup. My name's Taylor. You know, I thought I'd tell you that. And I'm Sydney. Yeah. Sometimes we tell you at the beginning of the episode. Sometimes we don't. We like to keep you on your toes. I just like people to know. You know, add a little bit of spice. Just like people to know that this voice belongs to me, Taylor. Just in case. And and this voice that you're hearing through your headphones or your speakers belongs to me, Sydney. Uh, And this week, our theme is Canadian Murders. A so, uh, I am gonna go first this week because you went first last week. Mm-hmm. It seems fair. Yep. Uh, and I'm you know I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna be very honest. You know I, I ain't never lied to you, listeners. But I started, you know, last week I said I am going. To, I had the brilliant idea to. Find a case that involved Niagara Falls in some capacity. Oh, yeah. And I, I did find that. Turns out, though, Niagara Falls, a very small town. <laughs> so it's a very small town, and there just was not a lot of information on the case that I am doing it. So if my story is short, you know, it's because... Every single article had the same bit of information. So, I got 27 sources. <laughs> you know, two pages worth of notes. So, but I think it's an interesting case. Maybe y'all will hate it if you do. I don't know. Just wait till next week and I'm sure I can do better. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure I'll hate it. So, I'm going to get ready to roast you after you finish. I usually say thank you for that story, but this time I'm going to say I hated that fucking story. I'd like uh, 20 minutes of my life back. Listen, thank you for stopping the, like, thank you for that story ending because I could not stand (laughs) to hear another second of it. God. 
I'm sure, you know what, I wonder if there are people that are like, Team Sydney, Team Taylor, and then like when Taylor tells a story, they're like, God, shut the hell up, Sydney needs to speak, and then I'm sure there's probably people that are like, could Sydney shut the fuck up? I've wondered so, that. I could hear Taylor's mountainous voice. I've wondered that, because you know, on every podcast, even if you like both of them somewhat, you always like one a little bit more than the other. Um... And I'm just hoping that in this podcast, it's not like all one way or the other. Because I feel like some podcasts is pretty clear as to who the favorite is. Uh, <laughs> but yeah. This is true. We will not be putting out a poll on this. It would probably uh, ruin us. It would probably just put me into put me into a spiral. <laughs> so. And I'm already halfway there. I got a little bit of a tease, you know. I thought the seasonal depression was going to be over. No. Had that nice weekend of 70s weather, and now it's fucking cold. And evidently, because it went from cold to hot to cold again, now we're going to have a tornado tomorrow. So wow. I get to get off work at 1 o'clock tomorrow. I can't. <laughs> if it storms tomorrow, I am just going to have to pass away. Uh, you know how I feel about a storm. <laughs> I am surrounded by massive pine trees. Um, I'll probably drink tomorrow night n- because I'm just going to need some help. Well, tomorrow I'm planning on getting off at work, you know, at one o'clock, taking a melatonin and just sleeping through it. I don't know what I'm going to do. Probably so. just cry. Well, now you can cry tomorrow, but right now I've <laughs> got to tell my story. So, uh, my sources was, uh, you know, I had a lot. I had... Buffalo News, a page on Reddit, sorry, Reddit, (laughs) good God, we're already off to a poor start, (laughs) Reddit, WIVBTV on YouTube, Niagara Gazette, The Union Sun, and Journal, CNHI News, and WGRZ, and CNHI News. Okay. So, quite a few. (laughs) And you're thinking to yourself, this must be a, just a long-ass story. Nah, we're going to keep it sweet <laughs> and short. So the year is 2012, and Loretta Jo Gates leaves her apartment on Niagara Street around 11 p.m. at night. And she's going to go across the street to, like, a convenience store. And she tells her relatives, you know, she should be back in, like, 15 minutes. So she, I guess she just walked there, but she never made it back home. So, after six days of being missing, Loretta's family files a missing persons report. Then, August 2012, a torso was removed from the Niagara River by police. And a DNA test showed that the torso belonged to Loretta, confirming that she was dead. Because at that point, they thought maybe, mm-hmm. y'all know, she had ran away. Uh, they talked a little bit in uh, the article about her having, like, a history of, you know, like issues with drugs so i think that might have been why her family didn't report her missing i don't know if maybe she frequently ran away Mm. uh again not very much information they mentioned you know that that was a you know something that went on but they didn't talk about it too much in the case so september of that same year a fisherman in niagara falls ontario spotted an arm and a leg floating in the river yikes so police are notified and, and the limbs are identified to belonging to Loretta. Then, two days later, someone spots a garbage bag floating in the Hyde Park Lake. 
which is not too far from where Loretta's torso and arm was found. So once the bag was opened, it was revealed that Loretta's head and other arms were inside. Oh, God. And based on the little evidence that police had, they determined that Loretta was most likely murdered in the city and that her killer disposed of her body through various locations, Uh you know, so they had, like, murdered her in one place and then, like, brought her body to these various locations. It's not necessarily that she was murdered by the river. However, police were not able to determine the cause of death and believed if they could find where the murders took, like, sorry, where the murder took place, that perhaps this would lead to more evidence. But, like many murder cases, Loretta's ex and father of her, two of her children, was the prime suspect. Mm. However, the Niagara police didn't have enough evidence to make an arrest, and the police were also not equipped for a case such as this one. Which, you know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, Niagara Falls is a very small town. So, I just think about, like, could the people in my hometown, you know, solve something like this? Absolutely not. They couldn't, they couldn't solve it if it happened in front of them. No. My hometown. You could take that to the bank. My hometown definitely could not. uh, Most of, like, the the weird murder stories, not just, like, you know, a a drive-by or something like that, they don't typically get solved. Uh, so... In spring of 2013, it was announced that the FBI had begun investigating the case. However, despite no, like, despite, like, the FBI getting involved, no new leads had turned up and the case just went cold. Which I'm like, damn, the FBI really lost their touch. Yeah, for real. They are like, eh, can't figure it out. Time to pack it up. So, flash forward to June 2015. The headless body of Terry Lynn Bills is found in an abandoned home off of Willow Avenue in Niagara, uh, which, from what I understand, like, this this had happened, like, she had been dead in that house for a while, and someone had walked by and smelled something Ugh. and went to investigate. It was, like, two, it was two women, and I was like, I could just imagine, like, me and you walking around and be like, that's just, you know, like, could, would one of us have investigated it? I don't think so. Mm-mm. I may, like, call the police or something, but, I mean, I don't really, I don't know what a, a dead body would smell like, so I don't know even if I would be like, yep, smells like a dead body, I need to call the police or investigate. I probably would just be like, stinks. Keep on walking. Well, it's also an abandoned home, so I was like, you know what? Oh, yeah. I don't want this. What if there's a bear in there? <laughs> so... So, both Terry's head and her arms were removed, and she had been missing for several days by the time she was discovered. And the discovery of Terry's body was almost immediately linked to Loretta's death. So, similar to Loretta's death, uh, investigators theorized that Terry had most likely been murdered in another location, and her body had been transported to the house on Willow Avenue. Mm, That's weird. So, the news about this case breaks and the entire town freaks out, mm-hmm. you know, which I get that. I mean, this the cases are very similar, so I'd be like, this is ridiculous. Even though it happened, you know, about three years mm. between, uh, the town freaks out. They're like, there is a serial killer on the loose, you know, the police can't help us. 
So they're freaking out. So a task force of 90 officers were formed to investigate the case, and the FBI became involved once again. And from the investigation, over 700 leads were generated. And so essentially, from what I get it, they just, you know, kind of like started to rule ones out. And a forensic study was conducted and determined that despite the similarities between Loretta's case and Terry's case, the two murders were not connected and they were actually definitely committed by two different people. That's weird. I'm like, how did did y'all even determine that? Yeah. Uh, So, after five years of investigating, police were able to connect a man named... And I'm going to butcher it. Just be prepared. So, Yazin Abadou Shabar. And so, they connected him to the case. And Yazin had lived in a house called... At 1526 Peace Street. Sorry, Pierce Street. And had exchanged texts between Terry before her murder. So, they were like, that's kind of suspicious. Well, now, in the case, I could never figure out you know, what exactly they had been texting about. I don't think that was ever disclosed. So, in December 2019, investigators had discovered the murder scene to be 1526 Pierce Avenue. Uh Same place where Yazin lived. And so they spent four days searching for evidence, and they found a trail of blood in the stairwell, which they linked to Terry, and members of the it's called the crash management unit Mm -hmm. used high-tech crime scene reconstruction to determine how the murders most likely took place which that is just insane to me have you ever watched bones no okay well if you've never watched bones basically the premise of the show is the they use like all this high-tech technology and they are able to determine you know okay she had like a a hit in her head so if they used this sort of tool with this sort of force it would cause this you know so they they do all this shit with computers and basically can solve this murder in like no time it helps to them to determine like murder um what is it called the thing that they used to murder the murder thing the mo no 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 the weapon like it's, if it's a gun the weapon oh. <laughs> murder weapon okay <laughs> uh, <laughs> so they are able to determine the murder weapon from this interesting so, i don't know this seemed a little too high tech for niagara falls in my opinion but whatever <laughs> so they found the trail of blood and they were able to determine how the murder took place through this high tech you know shit <laughs> so yazi for lack of a better word so yazin at the time was serving t- uh, a jail sentence in a south carolina jail so police say that yazin dismembered terry because of loretta's case like oh. i guess basically he had killed her and was like you know what they'll never trace it back to me if i am Oh. You know, able to make it look very similar to Loretta's case. Uh-huh. And that's why he you know, dismembered her body. Uh, and so he, he thought that that would kind of give him a, an alibi. You know, because he, he definitely couldn't have done Loretta's murder because he was serving jail time. Oh, yeah. 
so then I guess his thought process was like, you know, it, I, I couldn't have done Loretta's murder, so they're going to assume that I didn't do Terry's murder uh-huh. for the same reason, because they're too similar. So the police pick him up from the South Carolina jail, and they bring him to Niagara Falls to go on trial. And at that time, so also I would like to say when he was arrested, he was in jail for domestic violence and child neglect charges. Oh, okay. So already not a guy, not a bad, not a good guy. No. So a pair of public defenders entered a not guilty plea for Yazin, and the judge ordered him to be held without bail because essentially they were like he has no ties to this town. Uh, so, like, no one can vouch for him, so he was not given bail. And he ended up providing a DNA sample after arguments before the Niagara County, the Niagara County judge, Sarah Sheldon, and the DNA test provided, uh, determined that Yazin was the killer, Mm. but... I couldn't really get an alibi for, or not an alibi, an M.O. for why he did it. Yeah. Uh, Which I kind of get that because this was a smaller town case. And I feel like in small towns, they really like to keep stuff under wraps, which I could understand that. I feel like if if something happened to me, my parents would be like, don't tell anything to anybody. Uh Yeah. Just, you know, for privacy reasons. True. Uh, now, the interesting thing about these two cases that is just really perplexing to me is, I get it, Yazine did it, he, he couldn't have done Loretta's murder because he was in jail at the time for that mm-hmm. as well, but Terry was Loretta's aunt Oh, by marriage. Oh. So, how weird is that? Yeah. In this tiny town, the two most horrific murders belong to relatives. Yeah, that's weird. So, to this day, uh, Loretta's murder is still unsolved. Mm -hmm. But Terry's murder, Yazine, is behind bars. So, that is just a short little, you know little ditty, but I thought it to be very interesting, so I was like, you know what, I'll do it. I bet you not many people have heard of it. I mean, maybe you have. I have not. That's for sure. I have not heard of that. That's pretty wild. The fact that they're related, did not expect that. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that, and I thought perhaps, you know, things would be more connected than they are, but no. Unless, you know, maybe it's just such a tiny town that, you know, everybody related. This is true. Very possible. But thank you for that story. I thought I was going to have to tell you no thank you for that story, but. (laughs) You know, you know, I like to keep you on your toes. Are you going to like this story? Are you not going to like this story to be determined? All right. Uh, Are we ready to listen to my story? No, we're going to cut it after mine. Are we? Well, all the people who like Taylor best are just gonna write us a nasty review on <laughs> Apple Podcasts. No, you know you should you shouldn't do that. But you know what you should do? You should write us a good review, preferably five stars, on <laughs> Apple Podcast. 
also subscribe and (laughs) if you do you know if you do send us a nice little review and you take a screenshot of it and maybe you know send it to us in our instagram dms you know maybe we'll send you like a koozie or like a i don't know like a sticker or something this is just i'm just i'm just talking i'm just thinking about it (laughs) just a just a possibility you never know um, but I am going to tell my story for all the people that want to hear just me talk. So these are my sources. Among, <laughs> ha I've already messed up. This is a weird word to say. Amongmen.com, five Canadian murder cases that made national headlines by Courtney Hardwick. Talkmurder.com, and it was an article by Brianne. Murderpedia.com, Medium.com. Serial Killer Confessions by Lisa Marie Fuqua and cbc.ca. So, this story takes place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Never been there. I don't know really anything about it, but there you go. I had not left the country until last March, so. Mm, I've only left the country a couple times, and it's just been to the Bahamas and Mexico, so... (laughs) So, we're starting on October 10th, 2008. Johnny Altinger, or Altinger, I'm not sure which one. He was 38 years old, and he told his friends that on that day, he was going on a date with the woman that he met on the dating website Plenty of Fish. However, on the days following this meeting, his friends began to receive some odd messages from him. In the messages, um, Altinger was saying that he, the woman he had met was taking him on a long vacation to Costa Rica. And his boss also received a resignation letter from him by email, but he never got a response when he requested a forwarding address for Altinger's final paycheck, which I'm like, you know, if if I'm resigning, I need that final paycheck. I will get back to you for that. Oh, absolutely. You know what? You're going to need to run me my money. Uh Uh-huh. So anybody get a st- anybody get a stimulus check today? <laughs> no, I am so broke. I currently have like no money, <laughs> no job, no stimmy check. I owe the government money in taxes. It's not good. I keep seeing these. Uh, I keep seeing these memes where it's like now that I have my stimulus check and it's like walking into like Texas Roadhouse and it's like bring me the road. I know, and they're pissing me off. Where it's like, because I'm broke as fuck. Where it's like, uh, it'd be like, uh, going to Dick Sporting Goods, bring me the dick. <laughs> well, luckily, uh, you know, I only got two more months till I can start making money again. So we're very close, very close. Thanks, law school. Thanks, law school. <sighs> Anyways. So, Altinger's friends weren't really believing this Costa Rica story, so they decided they were going to go break into his condo to investigate to see, like, you know, if he had left. But once they got into his condo, they found his passport, and they found no other evidence to suggest that he'd gone on vacation, and especially not a long vacation, which for me, the passport being there is a clear giveaway. You did not go to Costa Rica because you wouldn't be able to get in. So after this discovery um, of the condo, I guess the friends went and told the police and the Edmonton Police Service launched a homicide investigation. So they 
the thing about this story was it kind of switched, like, I would have thought they would have launched, like, a missing persons investigation first, but they went straight homicide, apparently. And so, one man that the police started... Listen, that's, <laughs> if I go missing, that's what I want you to do. Just skip all the bullshit. Just say, immediately, she's been murdered. And listen, I just want to say, this is very triggering for me, because I did go on a date on Monday, and it was an online date, so the fact that this person met this, you know, I'm, I'm assuming their murderer via an online <laughs> dating service, I'm like, good God. I was so lucky. I'm, I'm just lucky to be here today. Well, you know, I met Brandon online back in the day, and when we met, I was only 16, so I really kind of got murdered that day. I, The first date we went on was the first time I had ever driven on the highway, and the first thing I told him when I got out of the car, you know, he's like four years older than me. He was like, I don't know, 19 or something. I was like, oh, this was the first time I've ever driven on the highway. I'm really scared. He's probably like, this little child, what am I doing here? But it all worked out. <laughs> I didn't get murdered. Still haven't gotten murdered. Fingers crossed. <laughs> there's still time. Once life insurance policies Lord, come into play. still time. <laughs> Lord. But, so, the police started to investigate a man named Mark Twitchell. And he was an aspiring filmmaker who lived in the area. And when the cops first questioned Twitchell, he said that he did meet Altinger right before his trip to Costa Rica, which was a little suspicious. But he said that the reason that they met was because Altinger was selling his car to Twitchell. So he was like, you know, we met up, he was selling his car, and then he just happened to go to Costa Rica real soon after. But the police found this pretty suspicious. They were like, okay, what are the odds? Uh, And they ended up arresting Twitchell on October 31st, 2008. And so after his arrest, they were able, I guess, to get a warrant to go into Twitchell's home and do some searching. And while they were there, they were able to obtain some evidence uh, related to what they think may have happened to Altinger. So while they were there, the police uncovered a document on Twitchell's computer, which was pretty much the turning point of this case. So, this document was titled SK Confessions, and the SK stood for Serial Killer. So, so, and the document began with these words. This story is based on true events. The names and events were altered slightly to protect the guilty. This is a story of my progression into becoming a serial killer. So, you know, I mean... And then the document goes on to tell a story of a man who extensively planned to lure and kill someone. And so his first attempt uh, was a failure, but the second attempt succeeded. uh, And the way that the man in the story uh, did this was by using a fake online dating profile to lure a man into his garage, murder him, dismember the body, and then... The story uh, goes into telling numerous attempts of how to get rid of the remains. So, you know, it's a pretty specific story of murder that um, is, you know, oddly similar to what happened in this case. (laughs) Yeah, it does do seem very similar to what had happened. So, obviously after this, the police were like, well, shit. So, (laughs) that's exactly what they said. (laughs) <laughs> That's exactly what they said. I would have said it. I'd have been like, shit. 
another murder and I work in homicide. I did not see this coming. <laughs> I never saw this coming. God, fuck. Uh, so they charge Twitchell with the first degree murder of Altinger. And at Twitchell's trial, the key piece of evidence was this SK Confessions document. So during twi- during trial, Twitchell did admit, he was like, yeah, I killed him, okay? So he admitted to killing him, but he said he did so only out of self-defense. Now, he said that the document he wrote, you know, okay, so the document he wrote said that he murdered somebody, but he said that he wrote the document as a piece of fiction, as if he had intentionally planned to murder Altinger, just as a way to craft a compelling story. So he was trying to say like, oh yeah, I know I wrote this document that says I wanted to kill him and lured him, but actually I just did that because I wanted to write a good story. And he, and he also says that he wrote the document to help him cope with the incident. And I was like, yeah, it sounds fucking believable. So, at that point, he was still trying to maintain that this was an accident, and he just kind of wrote the story almost as, like, a creative outlet. Mm-hmm. But, while in custody, um, you know, it was kind the Twitchell directed the police to where they could find Altinger's body, and he had placed Altinger's remains in a sewer, Um, But he didn't give this information to police until he had been in custody for over a year and a half. Which I'm like, at that point, he's just, like, fucking with them. Because if you really did this out of self-defense and you, like, felt bad, even if you did cover it up, you would think that you would be like, I'm, you know, I'm so sorry I did this. Can't believe I did this. Here's where the body is. You know, whatever. But that wasn't really what Mm -hmm. happened. But even before uh, he told the police where the body was, the police were, like, carefully going over this SK Confessions document. And they were pretty close to actually locating the body because of all the clues that Twitchell had left in his little confession. So I guess he thought nobody was ever going to get a hold of this. Also, if he was going to write it as a story, did he really think he was going to be able to, like, I don't know, publish this as a screenplay? I don't really know. He's going to need to be yeah. a ghostwriter. And there was also another document that was found on his laptop that they did not allow as evidence uh, for the jury because it was too inflammatory, I guess, for them to show. But the document was called A Profile of a Psychopath. And it was basically something that Twitchell had wrote about himself. And it was just a detailed analysis of what he saw as his personality and behavior so he was just really giving himself away left and right. He was like, not only am I a serial killer, I am deeming myself a psychopath. And here is all the reasons why I think so. He's like, I took a test on Cosmopolitan and I am a psychopath. Yeah. I took a yeah. BuzzFeed quiz. And s- You ever do that where you're like, you know what? Am I a narcissist? And you take that test and you're like, ooh. Uh, I, try to, I try to avoid maybe. the test just in case. <laughs> So, after all of this, Twitchell ended up being convicted of first-degree murder for the death of Altinger, and he was sentenced to life in prison with no chance of parole for 25 years. However, even after this first trial, he was still faced with an attempted murder charge, and this stemmed from his alleged attack on a man named Gillis, or Giles Tetrault, 
And so I kind of alluded to this earlier when I was talking about the SK confessions um, in that his first kill attempt was a failed attempt. So Tetrialt testified. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but it seems maybe right. Uh, anyways, he says that he was lured to Twitchell's home from the Plenty of Fish dating website. And he was expecting to meet up with the woman named Sheena that he had met on the site. But when he got to the location, he was attacked by a man in a hockey mask with a stun baton. And that man was Twitchell. I don't know what a stun baton is. I think it might be a taser. I don't know if that's... I think it's like... I think a stun baton is like something... It definitely is a taser, but I think it's so you don't have to get, like, a taser, you have to, like, put your hand, like, right uh-huh. up next to them. You know what I mean? Where I feel like a baton, you can, you can zap them. I think I see them in, like, prison movies, you know, where they, like, Wacha! you know what I'm talking about? Like, the person's trying to escape uh-huh. from prison, and then the guards got them, and then they're like, meow. Anybody? Anybody? I think Anybody I know what I'm talking about. about. I don't know too much. All I know is that Brandon's been tased before. When he was, you know, like training to work for his old job. He says that given the choice, tasing is much better than pepper spray. So, there you go. Uh, I would rather not have to deal with either. But if I had a choice, I guess I'll go with tasing. Brandon's yeah. recommendation. Anyways, so Twitchell and Tetrialt had a violent struggle after uh, Twitchell attacked him. But Tetrialt was able to escape. However, he did not report this attack to the police at first, and he said he didn't do that because he was embarrassed about the situation. And so I guess, like, he was embarrassed that he had gotten, you know, tricked. And I'm like, look, man, if somebody is attacking me like that, I don't give a fuck how embarrassed I am. I'm gonna be like, there's a crazy man out here, like, catfishing people, like, wild as hell. But this was in 2008, so I feel like online dating back then had a little bit more of a stigma to it, you know? People were still using flip phones, so you could only imagine. Because, you know, his friends were probably, I could imagine, like, his friends were like, dude, you really on that online dating site? Shit's dumb. And then he's like, no, it'll be fine. And then he goes and literally gets, like, freaking attacked. Also, this is in 2008, so there was no find my friends. When I went on my date on Monday, I told at least five people where I was going, and they all had my location. Mm-hmm. So if that man had chosen to kill me, they yep. would have known. Yep. You know, my roommate, she was ready <laughs> for me to come home. But they ain't got none of that in no. 2008. I mean, I probably would have still had a friend, you know, sit in the bush, <laughs> in the I bush guess. And make sure you don't get attacked. But in the end, Twitchell was not charged with the attempted murder. Um, I don't know if they just weren't able to prove it or if they just, I don't know. But even though it's kind of sad, you know, that Tetrial didn't get justice for his attempted murder, even if Twitchell had been convicted, no time would have been added to his sentence because he got the maximum sentence, I guess, in Canada for what he did. Anyways... Now, Twitchell did try to, like, maintain, you know, that he only killed in self-defense, but it became pretty clear that this was not the case. And it eventually came out that the killing, the story, the whole situation had been inspired by the fictional character of Dexter Morgan from the show Dexter. So, if you don't know Dexter, 
It's basically a show about this forensic technician who specializes in bloodstain pattern analysis, and he works for the Miami Metro Police Department, but he leads a life as a secret vigilante serial killer who hunts down murderers who have, like, not been brought to justice and creates his own type of justice by killing them himself. So, he is a serial killer of serial killers, basically. I've never watched the show, so I couldn't say I've heard really good things about it, but I've also heard that, like, the last, I don't know, you know, the last episode of the season, series finale is not good. And part of me is like, oh, should I start watching it? But I was like, oh, Game of Thrones really has, you know, it's caused so much trauma. I don't know if I can commit to it. Brandon watched it. He liked it. He's told me to watch it. Haven't gotten around to it. But apparently Twitchell was a huge fan of the show. And he thought of Dexter as an inspiration, and he aspired to create a film or show like Dexter. And he was also so obsessed with Dexter that he read the book. And there actually, I think there might be multiple books. I didn't even know there was a book. So he was just like a super fan of this. And this revelation about the series inspiring Twitchell to murder was pretty troubling for the man who played Dexter and the writer of Dexter, because they were like, you know, oh my gosh, what I wrote and played in has, like, influenced this murderer, which I feel like you talked about, uh, when you talked about Scream, it was, people said that that was influencing Mm -hmm. people, which I'm like, look, people watch murder serial killer stuff all the time, that does not mean... That you have made people be serial killers. No, they were going to be a serial killer regardless. They just also are not creative. Yes, and that's kind of what one of the the writers said. But Michael C. Hall, which is the actor who played Dexter, he stated, he was like, I don't think the show supports a serial killer lifestyle. And he was just very troubled, which I'm like, look, man, you didn't write it. You just played it. And I think we all know that. The show's not actually, you know, supporting serial killers. But also, I guess you wouldn't want to be compared to this murderer because now, you know, you play Dexter. The murderer loves Dexter. So now you're like, shit. But the writer of Dexter said, quote, Reading Dexter will not make you a killer. If you are not already capable of killing another human being in cold, cruel, deliberate way, no book ever written will make you capable of doing so. There are no magic words that will turn you into a psychopath. So he kind of summed that up pretty well. He was like, look, I I wrote a good ass book. Don't be, you know, don't be coming over here trying to say... (laughs) God, it's just like when Steffi Myers, you know, she wrote Twilight. She's like, don't be hating me because I wrote this fantastic book series. <laughs> like, God. So now all these teenagers are wearing skinny jeans and, you know, biting each other. Like, don't get mad at me. Do not get mad at me. Oh, acting all weird at school, doing that weird, like, no, I'm not a vampire. And then. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Where you been, Loka? (laughs) Look, I was never... (laughs) I keep seeing videos of that. I've never really been much of a Twilight fan, I'm gonna be honest. Uh, I was into it in middle school, uh, and nowadays, I'm like, God, it is such a good series to rewatch. If you want to have a good laugh, like, God, you'll get a good chuckle out of some of some of the things that go on in that movie. I would recommend, you know, if you're, you know, if you are over the age of 21, I really recommend making, you know, a little drinking Uh game out of it. 
something fun for the summertime, you know, something to do with your friends or by maybe no don't do it by yourself that'd be but sad you could, but if you ain't got no friends, friends feel free you could turn you on could. this podcast turn on hey like and then it's like you got friends there that would be too much <laughs> that would be too much sensory overload if, to listen to a podcast and watch a movie but if you can multitask go well, for it i just like to say i'm team jacob always have been always will be and that's just that's just how it is mm. You know what? Everybody's talking about Team Jacob, Team Edward. I'm Team Sydney. Like, what the hell? <laughs> I'm Team Jasper, actually. I'd like to change my vote. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, along with all this other stuff that was going on in this case, the whole Dexter thing obviously caught the attention of everybody. But the media coverage of this case was, like, pretty huge. Um, And it led to some debates. There was a lot of debate on whether the details of the crime should be, like, reported before the trial. So, they ended up having to, like, take it to a judge. And the judge decided to do a sealing order and a publication ban. And stated that his ruling that, quote, there's a real risk that pretrial publicity will undermine the accused constitutionally protected right to a fair trial. So I guess there was so much media attention over this and it was going to be, you know, difficult to get like jurors that were impartial that they ended up just kind of like banning all media on the whole situation at at a point. But, uh, which I mean, they should do that with more cases because we've seen how the media can affect a case. Listen to our our episode, high profile court case. (laughs) specifically my part about the oj simpson trial i'm just saying especially in a small town like in my town there's some cases that like involve like big stuff like it's impossible to find a jury in the town that would be impartial like it's just impossible um but you know twitchell he was like the media ban did not satisfy him because following his conviction he used the extensive media coverage of his case as grounds for an appeal He argued um, in his notice of appeal that the media attention surrounding his case was so extensive, so blatant, and so overly sensationalized that it is unreasonable to expect any unsequestered jury to have remained uninfluenced by it, regardless of judges' instructions and the charge. However, he ended up abandoning the appeal in 2011. No, excuse me, 2012. But I'm actually surprised that the judge, if there was such this media problem, I'm surprised the judge didn't sequester the jury. But, you know, who knows? But either way, uh, Twitchell is still in jail or prison, I guess, to this day. Somewhere in Canada, I would assume. And that was the story of the man who was influenced by the character of Dexter to murder someone. And I'd just like to say, he his book was entitled Serial Killer Confessions or whatever, but he was not a serial killer so yeah he only killed one person try again he didn't make it he definitely wasn't to dexter level because he literally got caught like almost immediately (laughs) yeah which i mean he obviously is not a dexter because from the from what i understand about the premise of dexter is dexter only kills the bad guys right and so He's yes, like an anti-hero. I've heard this case before, and so I've heard it on like other podcasts. And the way that they talked about it, for some reason, when they said Dexter Killer, I was like, "Oh, he's killing bad guys like Dexter." No, he literally just lured a guy into his garage and killed him. 
And so I was like, that it's not what I thought it was going to be once I started researching. So I got a little confused, but you know, it was interesting and weird for sure. Well, thank you for that story. I mean, I mean, I was like, you know, how's she going to top this amazing story that I started (laughs) off with, you know? And I mean, you did an okay job, you know, I I could tell this isn't your first time recording an episode. I'm glad. I'm glad to know. Our first time, though. I feel like, though, our first time, I was really on top of it. I feel like I've gone downhill since then. Yes, our first time that we ever recorded. uh, Sometimes I'm like, I listen to it, I'm like, man, I was, I was a little too into it. (laughs) I should have, should have, should have stepped back, should have held back a little bit. Um, You know, we definitely have gone downhill (laughs) a little bit because, you, you know, I have work, you have school, so sometimes I'm just so sleepy. When we record these. Look, in the summer, I'll be back on top of my game. I'll be working, but I won't have to be working from, like, you know, all fucking day. I, like, I had nine to five. Done. So. I will still be at the same level of game that I am now. Because my schedule will not change. If anything, I'll be busier in the summer. So, expect the quality (laughs) to go down in the summertime. But uh, come come back next. But come back I'm next week. It won't be. It's not summer yet. We haven't got. We haven't got there yet. <laughs> it ain't summer. It ain't summer yet. Uh, we in North Carolina, so it might be summer tomorrow, but it might be winter the next week. Uh, anyways, if you do come back next week, our theme is. What did we decide on? I already forgot. Oh. Hitchhiking stories. <laughs> it's hitchhiking stories. Uh, however you want to interpret it, it's hitchhiking stories. I'm excited. This could really go either way. Uh, we could, I feel like there's a variety of ways we could take this, so it should be fun. Uh, what else? Follow, mm-hmm. yeah, follow us on Instagram, at gonna sound weird pod. Join our Facebook group. We had a new person join today. Super fun. Follow us on Twitter, gonna sound weird. Uh, follow us on TikTok, at gonna sound weird pod. I'm real tiktok trying to put some content out there mostly for when people do go to the page there's you know more than just like one video there um what else oh yeah send us your weird stories yeah that this is gonna sound weird at gmail.com and we already mentioned this but rate review and subscribe on apple Podcasts. you can also i mean you can also you know subscribe on spotify if that is your preferred platform but you cannot send a review on Spotify. Do what I do. Go to Apple Podcasts, write the review, and then go to Spotify. Because I do prefer to listen to my podcast on Spotify. But. Well, I mean, I don't pay for Spotify Premium for it to just yeah, sit yeah, there. For real. You know? Gotta get gotta get that $10 mm. worth. That's $120 a year. Good lord. Don't me. I still may be getting a student discount. I'm not sure. Well, well jury's still out. Anyways, but thank you for listening. Thank you. We'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you for once again burying (laughs) through this. But stay weird. And goodbye. Goodbye.